Hey, it's Alan here. And Bree. And, and we, we are, are the, the Hunter, Hunter and, and the, the Hippie. Hippie. Connected through yoga and bonded by our love of the wild places and the love for outdoors, we've come together to share our conversations about life. Well, maybe more so what we've learned or are continuing to learn about life. And there's no one way to do it. Life, that is. And hopefully provide you with some teeny tiny bits of inspiration to connect deeper with yourself, others, and our great Mother Earth. All right, all right, enough already about the podcast. Let's just get to the podcast. Hey! What's up? How's it going? <laughs> oh, it's it's great. We, yeah. We, uh, uh... We started talking already prior to hitting the record button, so I think we're going to have a, a fun chat today. We have to try to back it up a little bit. Yeah. Do we want to... Rewind, start over. Yeah. yeah. Do you, uh, that makes me think of uh, Ace Ventura. Have you seen the movie Ace Ventura, Pet Detective? Well, with Jim I mean, yes, but it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> when, he, when he's in the, the tutu and he's like checking out the, the mental health facility. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he like does the... Re- he's like acting like a football Roar. player. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Oh Lord! It's good to see you. Good to see you. Bro. I know. I, I, I know. I feel. I know. We just talked, but I'm excited. Yeah. But in like the podcast world, we it'll all be two weeks. Yes. To the view to the listeners. Yes. Yeah. And this this is episode 25. We no, it's 24. No, it's not. Is it? No, it's yes, it is. Because you kept saying the last one was 24, and so yesterday I just actually went through. I counted them, but also on our YouTube, if you're watching with us. I put the episode number before everyone, and we are on. All right, so this is 20, this is this is twenty four. Twenty four. Yeah. So that means we have two more, and that's a year. We've been doing yeah. this. We've been doing this a year. I mean, it's definitely yep. been longer than a year because we had to get everything set up and mm-hmm. recruit your brother for music and all sorts of stuff. But I can't believe yeah. it's been a year. Yeah. Look at that. It's wild. A lot has happened. We're gonna have to do like we're gonna have to do like a recap uh, oh, episode boy. of like what's happened in the in this year. Well, maybe we do like a, a sound bites episode. Oh, uh, that'd be cool. The best of. <laughs> uh, all right. Tell so, us what your yeah people everyone out there. Thank you for listening. Tell us what your favorite episodes have been. Yeah. Over that, the last year. And and if there's any topics you want to hear us talk about. Hmm. Always. Yeah. You want to start us off with some breathing? Oh, sure. Yeah. We've been doing these morning podcasts and I'm... I love it. I, uh, yeah, I get to enjoy my coffee. I know. It's, it's uh, pretty awesome. So, all right. Um, wherever you are, just finding either a comfortable seat or kind of relaxing the body if you are doing something right now. And you can close your eyes or find a soft gaze. And then just moving your awareness into your natural breath, noticing how it flows in and out. Noticing the difference in the temperature of the air as you breathe in. Maybe the coolness. 
And then the temperature as you breathe out. A slight warmth. And then bring awareness to your thoughts. Without creating any specific thoughts, but just noticing what's moving through the mind. Just observing them as they naturally come and go. Maybe the same thought is repeating over and over. Begin to imagine these thoughts as if they're on a TV screen. You might visualize it or just sense that you're watching your thoughts. And then become aware of the space around that TV screen. The endless space that surrounds it, that's behind all that's going on. Noticing this difference between the thoughts and in the space that contains these thoughts. Simply feel yourself as that space. Feel yourself as the container of the thoughts while separate from them. Just observing. Just resting back as the space, as the witness. Take a moment to create a thought. Maybe create another one or watch it change. Take a deep inhale, a nice long, slow exhale. Allow yourself to take with you this idea you are the creator. of all that's happening. 
but you are also not all that's happening. When you feel ready, slowly fluttering your eyes open. Thank you. Nothing like bringing us to the moment. I, I was thinking my thoughts as you were saying it, it was right. I was just thinking about our time over the last year. And I love that we have breath incorporated into every one of our episodes. Um, mm -hmm. Right. If you're listening and you, and you, you tend to skip over these, right? Like, oh, yeah, 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 you know, they're breathing. Like, don't stop it. Right. Mm -hmm. we, we want you to breathe because it's good for you. Right. You're mm -hmm. supposed to, you're supposed to be breathing. You're supposed to be in tune with your breath and, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm reading a, uh, or I'm listening to an audiobook right now called No Mud, No Lotus. Mm. And, uh, and the, the breath is just what, what keeps you in the present moment. And, and, uh, and it has this, it, it, it's funny, there's this, like, this really simple thought around enlightenment. And, um, and it's gotten me thinking about enlightenment and being enlightened and, and I don't know where I stand on it right now, but like I've always had this ideal idea ideology of of what enlightenment is, and it's like mm. this like unattainable right like level of um, being, I guess, and um, and the way that that he talks about it in the book is it's actually way more simple and 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 now i see it as way more attainable right and i and and i guess some of my thought about it around it is like i don't want um right like i, I would never be like i'm so enlightened look at me like mm -hmm. that's that's not the point of enlightenment and and in the book he talks about like he says uh he says something along the lines of um Oh, you're, you're, you're mindful of your breath. You're enlightened. Mm -hmm. Like you're mindful of, of the actions that you take in a specific moment. That's enlightenment. Mm -hmm. And it's not this like grandiose uh, point, like destination that you arrive to. And instead it's, it's this thing that you live every day. And uh, so, yeah, so it's gotten me thinking about that because I'm always like, like I'm not enlightened. Don't like consider me, you know, like it's funny. I've had people try to like call me like guru and I'm like, I, please don't like, I'm not like, I'm not this higher being above anyone else. And, um, but just hearing his perspective on it, it, uh, yeah, it just, it makes you think like, Oh, maybe, maybe we can be enlightened. And, um, you know, and again, it's not about like being better or higher than anyone else. It's just specifically about being in the moment. And, uh, and yeah, so that's where like my thoughts went around like you're, when you're breathing and having us come back to our breath and, and it's just, cause that's all you have, right? Is, is your breath. That's it. And it's in this moment, right? It's when we start thinking about the, 
the past and the future that gives us anxiety or fear and uh, so yeah it's i don't know just that was just my thought process and during that breath yeah i mean i think the what you said enlightenment is not <clears throat> being above or beyond our humanity mm-hmm. um and i think spot on like a a if someone says they're enlightened they're probably not mm-hmm. um but it's it's i it, that word spiritual bypass comes to mind too and i loved in one of my trainings with the amra institute uh they talk about needing to be they have these three circles and it's um thinking being or thinking feeling and being mm-hmm. and you can't be stuck in one of the circles yeah. you have to be in all of them and so with spiritual bypassing people think well i'm just going to be <laughs> i'm just going to go straight to being i'm going <laughs> to skip over you know the feeling and the and the and the thinking and that's not right that's not enlightenment yeah it's being able to get to that place of being within all of the thinking and the doing and or the thinking and the doing and the feeling and kind of what inspired this meditation today was when i was out this past weekend um it was i mean it's just it was a sunday it snowed woke up to like a ton of snow surrounding the tent and got out, but it's that, and it was still snowing and it's that quiet of, um, of the woods of the mountains when it's snowing or after a mm-hmm. night of snowing and, and because you can't hear your footstep, right? The footsteps are soft as you're walking and it's just, there's just a feeling to it. Mm-hmm. And I was, thinking about just that whole, the whole two and a half days that I went hunting and gosh, how freaking loud my mind was mm-hmm. like, just like so many things, so much thinking. Yeah. <laughs> and then I would be like, okay, now pay attention, you know, like, and not that I wasn't in tune. I mean, it's the most in tune hunting has been the most in tune with my external environment that I've ever been in. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was stood out was then we went and grabbed a burger after two and a half days of being in the woods, being really quiet, like not, you know, um, and there was just so much stimulation mm-hmm. and what was really distinguishable was in life, right. In everyday life, we have all those distractions and stimul and like stimulation and, and things going on that it's so easy to become our thoughts, yep. to be our thoughts. We think we're our thoughts, mm-hmm. but when you, the whole thing with like meditation, with yoga, with hunting, maybe it's run whatever it is. When you get to one, slow it down enough, but also quiet all of the external stimulus and those thoughts become louder and louder. Yeah it actually allows you to see that you aren't them. You get to just actually, whoa, look at all these things going on, like going here and there. How did that come? Where did that come from? Mm -hmm. And that's what I think we've talked about before is like meditation isn't, you might get moments. I mean, I get moments of silence, of stillness, where the, the thoughts get so slow that I get to experience the gaps 
between the thoughts. Mm -hmm. But really it's, it's about observing that they're there, Mm -hmm. but I'm not them. Right. And I think that's, what's really beautiful is like, I think sometimes we can get really have this idea of what it looks like. And what you're saying and kind of leads into our topic is right. It's that, that mindfulness, that consciousness of, of our everyday life. That's enlightenment. Yeah. Yep. It's being, being in the moment fully Mm -hmm. for whatever it is, right. Whatever the thoughts are, whatever, right. If there's silence, if there's noise, right. Like you described two very uh, easily contrastable items, right. Like you talk about being in the woods alone and then going to get a burger back in the city. And, Mm -hmm. and it's fun. And like all I could picture, right. I picture the sound being internal in the woods. Mm -hmm. And then I picture the sound switching external. Mm -hmm. Right. So the right in, in, right. It's like this outward, right. Like in the woods, it's the silence, right. Like it's so silent, but yet it's so deafening right of your thoughts and it's the sound coming out from the body mm-hmm. and then when you right and then you just switch and then it's all of a sudden it's sound coming into the body and it's so both are stimulating you said it right like one is stimulating and, and mm-hmm. in my mind both are stimulating mm-hmm. right it's just where where is it coming from and and for me in that moment it's oh like what right like this again this thinking oh what and feeling like what what are you thinking why are you thinking it and it's not why are you thinking it like you have to have this this like answer it's just why does that thought exist and just trying mm. to dig into it and, and then when you switch to the external and like you hear something and it's just again the same thing well why did that happen and, and what's the thoughts and the feelings that come with that and, um, yeah and then to to your point it's about being mindful in the moment what are we consuming and how are we consuming it and how do we mm-hmm. how do we move through both scenarios in life how do we move through our our chaos in our mind and our chaos on the on the external plane mm-hmm. and that's i think the work a lot of the work i do with clients is like we're not trying to eliminate like i mean that's Again, we're humans mm-hmm. and we're have to live in this world. Yeah. Um, so we're it's not about again, that alignment isn't about eliminating it all, but it's how can you have equanimity or how can you find this peace or ease within all of that mm-hmm. chaos? Um, and that's where I think that con- like not to control the external, but you get you get to choose what you consume, right? Um, you get to choose what you consume, whether that's, uh, food that's nourishing for your body or, um, consumption isn't just about food. It's about what you buy. It's about what, um, the people you surround yourself. It's about what you read. It's about, Mm -hmm. um, it's even about work, right? Even though we're quote unquote outputting in our jobs, um, there is something we are consuming. Um, yeah. And you know, you, before we started recording, you had said, um, you mentioned you, you started talking about like buying, buying knowledge, 
right? And so many of mm. the, the the books that that you know we read, right? It it may be fiction, it may be nonfiction, but you know what what are what is in there? What are you be what are you consuming and what are you becoming from that? Um and then right what right based on your knowledge and what you're consuming if you know if today there was a um right if if today the internet went away the google went away right how, how would you be able to survive mm-hmm. you know and this and, I, and this was all we before we started recording, mm-hmm. it was inspired by Candace Owens talks about a cyber pandemic, which is, um, I think the World Economic Forum did a role play is not the right word. I can't remember the the um, the proper word for it, mm-hmm. but she talks about basically a cyber pandemic would be something where they would shut down all like the internet, but mm-hmm. also the everything. And, and she talks about how often she's like, I just Google something. And so she's buying books mm-hmm. to have. And like, what do you actually know? Like, what do you retain? What is in, and, and I think it's important to know we can't part of like the predicament of our situation, right. Is we can't possibly absorb and know everything and research everything about everything. Mm-hmm. And so then we rely on quote unquote experts, but that's also become social media and just general media as our experts. Yeah. You know, and, um, but all that to say is like, if that everything went down, where would you, what, how would you be able to survive? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. And last year, there or last year i'm like i'm already making this like 2022 um (laughs) this was it this year i believe it was this year where texas froze over and Mm -hmm. um and their whole entire electron electric grid grid went down Mm -hmm. and you know um it was it was really interesting to see the the chaos that ensued Mm -hmm. from from that and um, what's what's really what's really interesting is that right we we do we take the Google for granted right it's you have a problem oh let me Google it and and see how to fix it or how to how to overcome the the, the hardship and and really like what would we know how to handle it if we didn't have Google and it's funny if there's any older people I know I know like your mom listens to this and you're right but there's a whole generation of people still that that lived this way prior mm-hmm. right there was a time in the very decent uh, in the very recent past where google didn't exist mm-hmm. you know we both you and i grew up in that right? yeah there was a time where we didn't have computers and internet and um you know i was getting information from a set of encyclopedias from the 80s in direction. I, so yeah. this, I, I have some, I don't have the really massive Atlas in my, mm-hmm. um, in my car, but I have like a Wyoming one. I have a Colorado one from when I lived in Colorado. And then I do have like an more like bird's eye of the whole U S and I think 
it goes into Canada, parts of Canada, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, remember when you we used to like to get directions somewhere, you pull out an atlas and you flip to the and you look at it. And you had to go to and, like each if you were crossing state borders, you had to like yeah go, go to, to the, the next state. page yeah. and like when I and it's it's really fascinating because that's some that is one little practice I do for my brain mm-hmm. is I will not just turn on directions and have it tell me where to go. Yep. So I will use, you know, Google maps, look it up. And then I'll look at their written out directions. I'll look at it and then I turn it off and I try to go or I will screenshot the directions, but that would be the same as if you like open Atlas and wrote out directions. So I'll screenshot the like turn by turn directions Mm -hmm. and I'll use that if I need to, you know, if I'm like, Ooh, I'm not sure. But then I also get lost. And again, don't try this if you're like on a time constraint to be somewhere, but like start to use your brain <laughs> right. for like the everyday, everyday things we've like, we've outsourced and it's hard. It's, it's tricky, right? It's like, we do need to outsource things, but mm-hmm. like think about like there, everything goes down and you've outsourced your basic living mm-hmm. uh, necessity, you know, survival. Where would you be? Yeah, this this was uh this was like two years ago or something. I had an issue with my phone and I had to leave it at the Apple Store. Yeah, and I and I like walked out of the Apple Store and I like get in my car and then I'm like, and I I forgot I had to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. I think I had to go to like a Home Depot or something, and I was like. Where's there a Home Depot? Yeah. Like, uh oh. Like, like, <laughs> I don't know where anything is. And I have no clue how to get there. I'm like, this is really strange. And and here I am phoneless. I can't text someone and ask someone. I literally have taken everything that I've outsourced and and now mm-hmm. it's just me. And I'm like, wow, all right. I have to figure this shit out. And um, yeah, and it's imagine if that happened at a at a much grander scale, uh, you know, and and what we started talking about was how do we get food and how do we grow food and um, you know how many of us could could do that and uh, you know one of the things that we had mentioned was talking about like our education levels and I think a lot of people directly correlate your like your degree or your level of schooling mm-hmm. with with your quote education levels and right just because you have a phd right you can have all the phds in the world but it doesn't mean that intelligence yeah i would right i would almost use semantics but yeah yeah, yeah. like yeah. intelligence level yeah you're, you might be educated but you you may or may not be intelligent enough to mm-hmm. right like you know, I know a lot of people who have no clue how to hunt and and this isn't anything bad, right? I mean, they should, but this isn't anything bad. Like they have no clue how to get their food. They have no clue how to grow lettuce. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, what, what happens if there is a cyber pandemic and what knowledge do you have and how would you go? Like if everything just shut off today and even you know, even us who grew up at some point through our life without the internet 
and you know using encyclopedias and atlases and mm-hmm. like we've even relied on it and now it's to this point of the story with my phone i'm even dependent on it um mm-hmm. but going back to my thought when texas froze over it was really interesting because people were freaking out and granted it didn't happen here in Colorado, but I remember people freaking out and I was just like, why is everyone freaking out? Mm. And I was like, if everything froze over here, I wouldn't be worried. Yeah. And like, I was just going through and like, I we even talked about it with, I talked about it with my wife, talked about it with a group of our friends. And I was like, I got 90 plus days without electricity. Mm. Dead of winter. Fine. Like, People are like, well, what about the stuff in your fridge? I was like, it's winter. Mm-hmm. Right, everything's like, frozen. It's yeah, frozen over. Right. I was like, I was like, people were worried about things that, like they're not even, they're not even thinking. Like, yeah. You're you're worried about refrigerating your food in the winter. It's yeah. literally a giant refrigerator outside. Yeah. And so, I was just like, well, like it, it, it gave me solace to know that I was like, oh yeah, like. Um, like I wasn't worried. I'm sure I'm not saying it would be easy, right? Don't mm-hmm. get, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it would be easy, but I'm not concerned. Yeah. Right? Like if I had to go for a length of time without electricity or without Wi-Fi, right? Like I would definitely be able to figure it out. And, and like, we have all of the things to keep us warm, to, we we have the resources we have water filters from like from backpacking it's it's really funny you know that everything that we need to survive is um like it's already there and 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 it's that experience right like you can have the books the books are great but that's just theory right it's no it's me knowing how to use my water filter it's me knowing Right? I've been in the scenario five miles in the backcountry with my buddy Jeff where both of our water filters froze. You use water filters? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. You got to uh, make that gut a little stronger. No. Give yourself a nice... No, I, don't, I stopped using water filters. Are you serious? You just drink Oh, yeah. Food? Just nice dose of Giardia. Giardia? But, you know. No, I haven't. Uh, one time, maybe, perhaps. But yeah, I stopped, I stopped using uh, water filters. You are a brave soul. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and, and yeah, you're right. Like the, like increasing our, our gut biome. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't think I'll change, but <laughs> you're, you're, you're right. Like it, it can, right. Like, well, it's then it's the not, here's the thing, picking the right water source. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Yep. Okay. So there's experience, right. Is being out and knowing mm-hmm. like, Oh, this comes down from a place where everyone's camping by a lake. I'm not going to drink out of that. Mm-hmm. I did. I have drinking out of probably some cow dung. <laughs> that was my only option. <laughs> right. I survived. I was like two weeks later. I was like, "Ooh, if I had Giardia, I'd be kicking in right now. I'm good." Okay. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> but that, that's the thing. Like you learn from experience. Mm-hmm. You know, and whether it be which water source do you drink of if you do or don't have a filter, right? What to do, right? When literally both of our water filters froze, we're out of yeah. water. What do you do? And the simple answer is that what we did was use your fucking body heat to melt your water filter, Mm -hmm. right? Like you don't get water as quickly as you want, but you have resources and you learn how to deal with the problems that are in front of you. And 
I was sharing this. I was sharing stories with with my boss. Uh, I need to write. Sorry, I have like two things I want to say, so I need yeah. to write. Them. Okay. I'm not. Yeah. You know me. I'm not. I I'm can't not a writer. Bree but is writing something down. I know, but I, you know, we can go off on tangents, and then I'm like, oh, I'm not. I'm gonna forget, and I'm gonna write it down. So your write boss, go on. I'm, I'm... So it's funny. I was telling my boss and my coworkers just about you know like the things that I do and. And everyone was, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I, well, I need this and I need comfort and I need, you know, what, what's funny is you don't know what you need, right? Especially when we have this comfort of Wi-Fi and, and, and the internet. And what, the way I explained it is what's really cool about, you know, going out and hunting and backpacking is that it makes you realize what you actually need. And mm-hmm. then when you get back to the, you know, civilization, you start to question the things that you have and the, the things that you think you need. Because when you realize, oh, all I need is food and water. And, oh, it's snowing. Okay, I need some shelter and some some rain protection. And then everything, what else is everything else? Like, do I really need that? And life becomes so simple. And that's, you know, that's the kind of lives that we, we start talking about this is that like we want to live these simple lives. It doesn't mean it's easy. It's just simple. Mm-hmm. And you start to realize, hey, I don't need all this stuff. I don't need Louis Vuitton purses and belts and and you know all this material stuff that that you think oh i need these 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 quote comforts to survive you know and that's what being out in the woods really teaches you is what what do you actually what do you actually need to survive mm-hmm. i forgot i had two things and i forgot <laughs> one but then something else came up so i'm going to go reverse, reverse i thought i thought you wrote these down I wrote one down, but I was listening so much that I forgot uh, I what the second one I appreciate is. you listening. Thank you. Because <laughs> um, you touched on so many things. Like, and then I was like, oh, gosh. Oh. Um, I'm going to go reverse because something came up with just what you were talking about. And I think it's really, and it's something I've been thinking about. And not just with hunting. This goes with, like, a lot of outdoor activities. And I think it's really fascinating to see, you know, as our gear evolves, mm-hmm. um, like there is an element where we lose a little bit, right. Of like what we need because we have all this high tech gear and, mm-hmm. um, why that came to mind is two Sundays ago, I went hunting with, I don't know if I talked about this, but my friend, he's 67 He's like, I haven't hunted in, you know, he hadn't hunted in like 10 years, but mm-hmm. he, yeah, the whole, soul, like up until he was 57, he'd gone hunting a ton, like everything. He shows up in blue jeans and, um, pr- probably he's a runner. So he had like a tech shirt, but then a cotton hoodie mm-hmm. And, you know, and then he had like a wind layer and then he had his jacket, which was like probably like a Carhartt, like one of those like, um, like canvas kind of thick, mm-hmm. um, jackets. 
And I just I'm loved like, it. I'm like cringing inside. Yeah. <laughs> what did everyone do before we right. had this ultra light, breathable, you know, like Arcteryx, you know, and, and it's, that's the Louis Vuitton of freaking outdoors. It right. Really is. Yep. And so it's like, again, like how, how hardcore are we mm-hmm. in our fancy gear Right. when someone, they get, they're just going to go out on blue jeans and do the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're heavy hiking boots and, you know, um, and, and that's not just hunting, but it's like, you see that think about like the old time, like Himalayan expeditions and, and mountaineers and like what they were capable of with the most like, like non-technical, mm-hmm. you know, it was very technical for them at the time, but now how we, how we've evolved and we think like, well, this, and I, I'm fall victim to this. I'm not an exception to it. I try to get items of gear that are like, I didn't buy all new gear for hunting. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, my colors might be off. I don't have camo, but this is fully functional in, uh, Deer and elk can't see color. I was so gonna say you don't, you don't need camo. Anyway. It's yeah. It's I mean, a- I think the print helps to not be a solid, mm-hmm. but you know, it's like I'm in my maroon zip up hoodie. Um, I mean, you're all wearing like if you're not archery hunting, it's like you got an orange on, so obviously they can't see color. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, but it just yeah, it made me think like we start to again buy things even in our simple life of living the outdoor lifestyle in the mountains, mm-hmm. it's like, you've got your jacket for running and you've got your jacket for hunting and you have your jacket for ice climbing and you have your jacket for skiing and this and that. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just, it can be easy to fall into that. Absolutely. And I, that's what I love about being around like the old school in it, it who've done this mm-hmm. forever because they don't like, they don't have, the fancy stuff mm-hmm. and they still get it done. Yep. You know? Absolutely. Um, so that was like when, as you were talking, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is funny because it's making me think about again, like how did people filter water before there were water filters? Mm-hmm. You probably, you boiled it, right? right? Yep. Boiled it yep. to, you know, or you just drank it. Yeah. Yeah. And, just, yep. and your butt, your and gut, that was your like, gut adjusted. My buddy Jeff, like same thing. He's like, oh, I didn't bring, you know, I, I figured if I ran out of water, we, I can just drink from a stream. I was like, yes, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> well, um, it's just like the water in Mexico. Right? Yeah. Like people are like, don't drink the water in Mexico. You get Montezuma's revenge. We will. Yeah. But the people that live there, you think they're drinking bottled water? You think they're no. cooking with bottled water? You think they're, right? Like, so clearly there's something different mm-hmm. right their bodies have adjusted yeah right? the, the water isn't not drinkable mm-hmm. right it's just detrimental to us because we're not used to that our gut biome has adjusted and adapted probably for, yeah. the, probably for the worse right where mm-hmm. like we go to other countries and we do have to get bottled water we do have to worry about you know oh shit you put ice in that damn it like now I'm yeah gonna, right now i'm gonna get sick um but yeah it's it, it it's so true that you will adjust mm-hmm. you know your body we are resilient mm-hmm. and how did we do it all these years 
you know, and, and again, it goes back to right, the internet's new. The internet is not old. You know, we, we lived in a time without it. And mm. um, it's the same for these hunters, right? They lived in a time without technical clothing. Right? Or Onyx. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, Onyx is fairly new, but Onyx yeah, is. You talk, the, took printed maps of, of private land boundaries and, mm-hmm. and that's how you navigate it. Yeah. But so the other thing, and you're kind of getting circling back to it. So I hope it kind of, it still feels relevant, mm-hmm. but you were talking, you said something about everyone should know how to hunt. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to disagree with that only because I think that we can't possibly know how to do everything. Mm-hmm. I think one thing is, and I think because we've moved away from like a tribal way of living, like there's this element that's almost forced us to have to try to, like if we were to survive, we either need to go back to tribal because we're going to have to rely on different people mm-hmm. for their different skill sets. Like not everything, not everyone has to know how to do everything, but we have to be, well, one, respect, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's a big, that's what kind of stood out to me is like, you may not need to know how to hunt, but don't be a jerk to the person who does. Yes. (laughs) Because we have to, we will depend on each other. and, And that's what that like it's that putting together that community i mean it's the same thing in a business right if you start filling your staff or your team of people with people who know how or have strengths that are the same of yours you're screwed mm-hmm. right and so we have to actually start to use each other as resources but that comes with respect to build a community a community of people who can fill the different roles and maybe it's important, yes, to have an idea because if you lose that person you, and you need to survive, but you know, it's like that I think is big. Like my piece is like, don't, you don't have to know it all. You don't have to be able to do it all, but have the people around you um, who do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And I'm a huge proponent of the village concept. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like that is you know it's funny people will say things like oh i got here all by myself no you didn't yeah right like you absolutely didn't like mm-hmm. i i used to have that thought like i did this all by myself I, right when people you know people thought that i couldn't do it and that it, it's it's a it's a noble thought but it's wrong mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. you did not get here alone as long as there's people in this world right you right? Like you have used other people to get to where you're at. Um, and, and we, we need each other, right? I think that, you know, with globalization, I think that the village concept dies, dies a little bit because mm. we become so numb to like, oh, I just go to the grocery store and, and just, and there's chicken and that's where I get my chicken from. Right. And then, you know, we were at, uh, we were at the, the, we were at Costco yesterday 
right? I do shop at Costco, right? We, we sh right? Like you do, right? Like there's, there's modern conveniences and comfort that we all take advantage of. And, and a grocery store is one of them. And my wife says to me, oh, we need eggs. And I, but I've stopped buying my eggs from grocery stores. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I got to go to the farm. I have a farm that I go to, to get my eggs. Yeah. Right. Any place that I can go to, to help support the village, mm -hmm. right, is where, you know, to, you know, oh, I don't know if we said this on recording. Um, I don't think you said this on recording. You'll have to elaborate on this a little bit. But um, when we were talking, you, you mentioned, right, like you wanted to make farming cool and that mm. farming is like dying. And um, when you think about like farmers, it's all these old guys that are dying and or retiring, right? They don't have the energy that they used to. And who's really taking, you know, interest in farming. And it's great. Right up the street. I have, uh, I have, uh, this, this farm and it's a husband and wife and family. And they have like, like jokingly, I say they have like 19 kids, but they have like, I think they have like eight kids and she's pregnant again. And it just totally reminds me of like little house on the prairie type thing. Mm -hmm. And, and literally I drive my truck down this dirt road onto their farm and, I get out of the truck. I get, I get greeted by a dog. Like a mm -hmm. dog comes running up to me and, you know, and I, I go and knock on the door and usually it's like a half an hour plus experience going to get mm -hmm. eggs. Cause like we sit there and we talk and we, how's, how's the farm doing? Right. Like, how are the chickens? You know, they, they just told me they they got a meat cow that like they have to, mm -hmm. right. They're feeding their own cow for meat. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's not going to be ready for, I think it's like April and, um, but it's great. And, you know, I brought them elk one time and, and I gave them elk and they gave me like four dozen eggs and they're like, we're even, you know, and, and it's being part of this village, being part of this society that, you know, helps each other, um, you know, live and, and be resourceful mm -hmm. and, you know, and knowing that, hey, one day I might be out of meat mm -hmm. and, or they might be out of eggs or, you know, and using each other to know that, hey, we're going to be successful together mm -hmm. and that we have to support each other and, and that we can't do it alone. Yeah. And there's no way that we can do this alone. And, you know, there's the saying, it takes a village to raise a child. And, and I believe that, but I also believe that it takes a village, period. End mm -hmm. of sentence, right? Like it takes a village to live, mm -hmm. to move through life, to be successful in whatever it is that you want to do, right? We have to be there for each other. We have to love each other. We have to support each other. Yeah. I think it's a couple of things came up in that is, um, one the this idea of you know you're going to the farm and you're having that 30 minute conversation uh that's a big part of why i moved and i know i've shared this why i moved to wyoming and what really drew me to the rancher agriculture um part of the united states um was that people do that people have your back like they have your back right and the farmers yep. have each other's back um, and it's the part of the country that from like a 
I'm just going to generalize this, but a lot of like cities or metropolitan areas or like the high intellect areas, they just kind of poop on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they, they say yeah. that they're, they don't. And we brought this up like after the 2016 election that like, these people shouldn't vote. And I was like, these people who are supplying your grocery stores with food, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. are the reason that you have any items, have the energy mm-hmm. to create all of the items in your house. But anyways, I won't go into that rant. Um, but it's, but it's because we're so disconnected from what is part of our village, right? How you right. get food is part of the village, whether that's locally or not. Um, yeah, I don't know where else I was going with that. But the other thing, what made me think of you, because mm-hmm. you have talked about, you know, uh, the village and that you stand on all the people's backs or shoulders. I don't know what the phrase is. Mm-hmm. I'm really bad with phrase. <laughs> um, who've like come before you, who taught you. And that's something that really came to mind, even with my first season of hunting mm-hmm. was, I mean, dating back, like way back to, you know, even like one of my, my series, my, one of my exes who introduced me to winter camping. Not mm-hmm. hunting, but just winter camping, mm-hmm. right? And I wouldn't be where I like have been able to potentially all the things that came between now and hunting, but even just the day waking up and snow had piled up, right? And mm-hmm. and so I think about that, and I think about every single person along the way who has given me a skill or exposed me to things that has helped me in this hunting season, like. Yep everything I've gained from you, everything I've gained from like, even again, people who aren't hunters, Yep. but I have this skill of like probably someone who's like so anti-hunter who just really taught me about how to listen in nature, you know? And Mm -hmm. it's, it's really just really special and cool and amazing to, to be able to take those morsels and see how, um, how they're all infused into that experience. And it's every, you know, it's every experience along the way um, that, that really molds you into the present, you know? Um, Yeah. I don't know. That's. Yeah. You know, you're, you're so right. And and hunting is just a, a good example when it's hunting season or the end of, or, coming to the end of hunting season for us and so like it's fresh on our mind so it's easy to talk about but you know when i uh, so I, I think i mentioned this in the in the last episode but i took out I, I had a deer hunt and i took out a friend who had never been who had been hunting like once before no success and uh and we got him a deer and and as we're going through and processing the deer in the field you know, it's, it's funny when I do it, like when I process my elk, when I, when I process any animal, I hear my buddy, Jeff, Mm. everything that I do, it's, it's Jeff's talking to me in my head because right. Like it's his years of experience of him standing on his ancestor or his, 
mm-hmm. ancestors shoulders right like uh, you know his dad and his grandfather and and all that and and now i get to stand on his right like i get to hear you know so like why do we do certain things when we process how do we do it mm-hmm. um and and it's constantly it's funny like i he's literally talking to me when i do something because like there's also some things that like i like to do that he doesn't and and vice versa um and like we we also like we have a great relationship and like we bicker back and forth you know we we jab at each other we you know we poke fun and um and but i still he still has had an impact and i still hear him and and when I was teaching my buddy how to do this, like I try to give both options. Yeah. Right. Cause, um, so like a, an easy one is my buddy, Jeff wears gloves when he's, he's quartering a, an animal and, and I don't, and he just, he hates like the fat that, you know, cause eventually like the fat gets all up in your fingernails and you know, your, your hands are covered in blood and, and he just doesn't like that. And and that's that's cool so i I don't like i don't care like my hands are always covered in blood and, and the fat in my fingernails like whatever it is what it is and uh you know teaching my my buddy i was like look i was like if you want to wear gloves you can wear gloves and you know here's the benefit of it and here's the the cons of it mm-hmm. and you know and, and i don't and, and so it's just it's having this knowledge and hearing you know, and then hearing like, and then I laugh, like I'll, I'll like start to chuckle. Cause I'll be like, something will happen. And, uh, and I'll be like, like Jeff just totally would have yelled at me for, you know, like, well, if you had gloves on, yeah, that wouldn't have happened. Right. Yeah. And so you just, you, you learn so much from the people that, that are around you and that have the knowledge prior to you and it makes life you know easy or easier Mm. and we we have to rely on each other we have to be open to knowing like oh i don't know that Mm -hmm. and 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 i can learn something from this person yeah well i think what you said is important and it's every every like you decide you get to take this information Mm-hmm. And then you get, then you, it stays with you. It carries with you. You're standing on the shoulders because you said, I am going to do it this way, but I'm going to do this part differently. Mm-hmm. And that's with like any relationship, any kind of, and, and that's not just like intimate relationship or anything like that, but you start to learn like, yes, I'm carrying this, but you're still carrying the, that person with you because you're also carrying how you want to do it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, And that I think another kind of theme that has been carrying through this is also experience, right? Is, Mm -hmm. is you can only, you can learn so much. You can be taught only so much. Um, But until you experience it, that's where you start to gain um, that knowledge that like quote unquote intelligence comes Mm -hmm. from from deciding and discerning and and all and all of that and like that was really special like I felt um Andy took me out for most of my hunting mm-hmm. you know at times I was like oh I would just want you to decide you know like I want you to but he knew the importance of one that it's my hunt 
mm-hmm. but also in in the importance of that experience right um yeah. is that yeah you can be told what to do but at the end of the day the experience is is what's going to yeah. um make me successful in three hunts from now or next season yes. or whatever that looks like um yeah it's the adage of right teaching a man right like it's it's corny but yeah teach a man, yeah right? like give a man a fish feed him for the day teach a man to fish feed him for a lifetime and yeah right it's the same thing with hunting and, and really with anything and we can you know our teachers can put us in the scenario and yeah we can we can execute and get it done but what's going to happen when andy's not there mm-hmm. you know and what's going to happen when the you know the the story is different the scenario is different mm-hmm. and then he wasn't um, and that was that half you know it's like right i actually needed him to like i needed to know how to do certain things mm-hmm. like even just leading up to like setting my rifle on a you know on an animal and i was like i don't know when do i load my gun when do i do this when do i do that you know like all these things and so there are like he it's that perfect balance of like yes he's going to have to tell me certain things Mm -hmm. right and he did a great job of similar to what you're doing is well this is how i do it some people do it this way and he's Mm -hmm. he was giving me this full kind of um range of information so then i can really choose what feels right for right. me yep. um and because yeah then you are like at some point you're you you might be on your own and mm-hmm. um i don't know and if i make anyone do something mm-hmm. i also give the reasoning so mm-hmm. they understand why right like why that decision was made yeah and and how you can forecast making your own decisions similar to that in the future. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, when, when, when those deer, my, when I helped my buddy get his deer, when those deer came out, he wasn't in a good, good spot. Yeah. Right. And it's like, all right, I want to get you up here to this log. So you have something to shoot off of. So you have, right. Mm-hmm. But how, how are you going to get there? Right. Like you have to move when the deer's head is down and, Right. There's there's all these decisions that you have to make very quickly. And you have to be able and that just comes from the experience. Mm-hmm. Like when to move, how to move. Right. It's when I got my 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 bull elk. You know, he's standing there. We're standing there staring at each other. We're both in the open. We're both staring at each other. Mm-hmm. I have to move. I have to take action. Mm-hmm. And but but when is the best opportune moment to do that? Mm-hmm. Right? How do I take action without scaring this animal? And and just it's that experience that okay, understanding human nature, understanding animal nature, right? What's gonna freak what's gonna freak an animal out? What's gonna, you know, cause them to do something? You know, why won't they move? Why when will they move? And it's taking that and then making your best educated decision mm-hmm. off of that and hoping that it works out um, in your, in your favor. And if it doesn't, that's, you carry that forward. Right. You know, and that's, yep. I mean, that's with even gardening. Like I was sharing before we started recording, it's my, my good friend's dad is a farmer who like 
it's those years of experience and quote unquote mm-hmm. failures, which weren't failures because like you are now carrying that information forward. And mm-hmm. it's, it's stuff again, you, you can read in books, but until you're out there experiencing it, there's just things that are sensed that aren't, that they can't be really described in words um, yeah. that, that you gain in these uh I don't know, like disciplines or in these mm-hmm. really like I think the the core of life um that is so incredible to come back to, right? That mm-hmm. um that can be applied to other areas, but we've been so disconnected it from really the essence of of survival that yep. maybe we've lost a lot of that even in the more frivolous or just again the other everyday uh aspects of our life like we think we can read it we can learn it and then that's enough Mm -hmm. um or we can take someone else's and and that like uh, someone else's experience or opinion and that's enough um and it can be but it's every step along the way is gaining more and more and it reminds me of, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I said something about, oh, I'm really good at starting over because I've moved mm-hmm. a lot. I've lived in a lot of places. I've had a lot of different careers. Mm-hmm. And the person corrected me was like, you're not, it's not starting over. Even though it's a new career yep. or a new, I moved to a new place. It's not starting over because yeah. I've, yep. Where did you tell me that? I can't remember who said it, but it was like, it's not starting over because you have all this experience, even if it's totally different experience or a totally different place. Like you have all of this that you're standing on all of these people, all of your own experiences that you are building off Mm -hmm. of, um, which I think is just a really neat perspective um, to, to come back to. Yeah. And that, uh, that applies. Like I use my, my time spent hunting, hunting and jujitsu for me have had like the two biggest impacts on all of my life because the things that I do in both of those, it bleeds into life, mm-hmm. right? It's the concepts of, of those two things that I can apply to anything in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and specifically hardships, like when I, right, just how hard both of those things are. And then when I get to something in life that is, you know, you know, remotely hard, it's like, oh, I can just apply this concept from, you know, hunting and, and it's, it makes my life that much easier because I'm not starting new. Like I have the experience. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool to be able to take that and be like, yes, like, you know, like it's that thought of like, yeah, no, I'm starting over. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a noble thought. Right. It's like, oh, I'm starting over. I can start over. But really you have all these years of experience in doing, it might be something that you think isn't related, mm-hmm. but it's absolutely related and it absolutely applies to, whatever it is that you're going through in life. And maybe you use that idea to face your fears, right? To break Mm -hmm. down um, 
those barriers to that maybe of stopping you from trying something new or doing again a career change or anything like that mm -hmm. um we can so often do the imposter syndrome of like who am i and then i always say answer that question go through and say all mm -hmm. all of the things that you've built for yourself up into this moment mm -hmm. um even if they're not related it's it that can be the fuel to build your confidence right the confidence to um, make something not as intimidating or scary because it's not it's not really new right it's mm -hmm. it's just these everything right is a metaphor for for life yep well and and when you think about fear right fear is usually attached to some some made up story that that doesn't exist right when i when i first started hunting a lot of my fears were because i had never done it before mm -hmm. and like oh my gosh what if i kill something what if you know what if i get something my one of my big fears was always like what if i get something at sundown and then i'm in the dark alone and i have to process this animal by myself mm -hmm. and like for me that was like this huge barrier and like this huge fear and and then just the more i've the more animals that i've harvested the the more so that thought has become and mm -hmm. like i can harvest it i can i can process it by headlamp i can process or like i know what i'm doing mm -hmm. right and all these these made up stories that you know what if this what if that none of that's actually happened mm -hmm. and i've had to process animals in the dark and you you know what you're doing and you get it done and 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 these fears um you know like that has really dictated like well, what if why am i afraid and usually you're afraid because just because you don't know you don't know what the outcome is going to be mm -hmm. and even in hunting it's like yeah i don't know what the outcome is going to be but i'm still going to do it i'm still going to move forward even though i'm afraid and it's not that we're not afraid. It's just that we know that no matter what, we're going to be okay. You think what's important is like we, we talked a lot about like survival skills. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times these like survivalists are like the planning for again, okay, start planning your own food or, um, you know, hunting or have your generator or what, you know, like mm -hmm. be able to survive for 90, know you can survive for 90 days. And it's, I think sometimes that can be misconstrued as, oh, oh you're afraid that, <laughs> you know, you're planning yes. for this apocalypse or whatever mm -hmm. it might be. And mm -hmm. I don't, I personally don't feel that it, it stems from fear. Like I, I don't live in fear that there's going to be a cyber pandemic or everything's going to shut down. It's just that I've realized just how important the basics and the, again, mm -hmm. coming back to the like simple life, how the basics, how important they are. Yep. And like, why not put more energy into just really, um, put energy into that instead of, instead yep. of the things that have 
have started to create these fight or flight uh, simulations in our body that are actually aren't significant. Mm-hmm. Like put energy into what is significant. I don't know. That's it's, it's, it's not, I just want to emphasize like we're not in this preparedness because we're afraid it's, or I'm not going to speak for you. It's not because I'm afraid. It's because I, I find that these are the important things in life. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm, I don't operate out of fear. And, and, and the Texas thing was like a prime example. And like, it, it reassured me Mm -hmm. because when it happened, you know, and there was like chaos and panic and I'm just like, well, and yeah, right. Like it's, it's not about like, it's about being confident and like knowing what you're capable of and knowing what is important. Right. Because if, if the electric grid goes down and everything goes down, right. None of, none of this matters except for the simple things, mm-hmm. right. The food, the water, where are you going to get that? How are you going to survive? So it's not an op- about operating out of fear. It's like you said, it's truly understanding what is important. Mm-hmm. Right? Are my basic needs met? Can I survive? And then, and when you realize that those are the things that matter, again, it makes life so much easier because it doesn't matter if you have the biggest and best mountain bike or Louis Vuitton or this, because it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Right. And now it's not to say that you don't want those things, right? You can absolutely still go get those things. And, but you also understand that those aren't necessarily the important things. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think that's a big distinguish. That's what I think you brought up. Actually, what I thought about earlier was Mm -hmm. um, deciphering between needs and wants and it's okay to have wants. Yeah. And, and it's don't beat yourself up for wanting a Louis Vuitton purse or uh, right. Like the biggest and best new Tesla or right. Like understand that that's not your needs. Mm-hmm. Right. And understand, right. Like meet your basic needs first, understand what it takes, you know, and appreciate, be mindful of your basic needs. Mm-hmm. And then, right. Cause to not have wants, like you want to have to strive for something, right? Like I love waking up in the morning to, to strive like you know i my want it's not a need my want is to get a six by six bull now mm-hmm. right and that's just me wanting to one-up myself right when really i need meat in the freezer mm-hmm. right and you you experienced this right like you you got a good taste of this right for your elk season mm-hmm. right it's it's understanding the difference and knowing that it's okay Right? Like it's not, don't like, we got to stop shaming on, on both sides, right? Like what, like quit shaming people first off, but we got to stop shaming people for wanting something like wanting a thousand dollar pair of shoes. That's not my thing. Yeah. Right. But I also like to dress nice on occasion. Right. So let people want what they want. Just don't confuse the two. Yeah. And I think it's, it's where I guess what I would expand on is it's when you get them mixed up, your wants, when you think your wants are needs, 
-hmm. is where it starts to control you like, or control again, your peace or your ease or equanimity Mm -hmm. in life. And I think that's really have your wants, but see them again as separate from your, from you, Mm -hmm. from who you truly are or what you truly need. And also see your, know that you're the creator of all those wants, right? Right. Which means that you also can create something different, right? Mm -hmm. If you have these wants and you're still incredibly unhappy, what, what good are, what, what good are fulfilling those wants? Absolutely. Yeah. You should be happy without, with or without them, Mm -hmm. right? Happiness is found in the moment. Mm -hmm. It's found in the journey to get those wants. Mm -hmm. It's found in having those wants. It's right. Like, or not having those wants or right. Right. It's all part of it. And you have to find that happiness no matter where you're at. Mm -hmm. Right. And you have to find that happiness in those moments of suffering. And, you know, when you wake up and you're surrounded by snow in the tent, you know, that like two thoughts happen, like not even being there. I've been there, but not even being there. Two thoughts immediately occur when you said that. Like the first one is fuck. Like, well, let me just, tell you middle of the night we had our, yeah. it was a three season tent. Okay. Uh, so it's oh, like, that's wonderful. One of the lightweight big Agnes. So the whole inside is like mosquito netting is that mesh. Uh-huh. And then we yep. had our fly, but we kind of were like, we didn't do our prime rain fly setup and uh-huh. I'll wake up to, I kept hearing the snow hitting all night, you know? Uh-huh. Yep. And then um, woke up at like probably one o'clock in the morning and the, the, the tent's like caving in mm-hmm. <laughs> and we like hit <laughs> the roof, hit the side and it all the slides down and it's stuck on the sides and we're just like hitting this whole mm-hmm. tent. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I was like, oh, and it's, I was like, what time is it? 1am. I was like, oh gosh, we've got like four and a half four more, more hours. hours. And and it's right like in that moment, like, fuck, like because and I get it, like I've been there, I've had to smack right even with rainwater, yeah, whatever it is, and you're just like, oh, like I have four more hours of this before I have to get out of my sleeping bag, yeah, and step into this, right? Like you're just thinking of like all the terribleness that it is, but then on the other hand, it's it's also like, yeah, yeah, I got this, yeah, like all right. The hardest part is like that first step with everything Mm -hmm. but it was like you're like oh do i want to do this and then you start doing it and you're like oh of course of course (laughs) so i'll share a a a quick hunting story um and and again it just shows right the point of the story is to like talk about resilience and and like when you learn to suffer better right life life becomes easier Mm -hmm. life becomes more simple and so um was it two years ago it was uh, rifle elk rifle season. Me and my buddy, we figured it out where we wanted to go, and we were gonna hike five miles in to this area, and um, we we're gonna camp, and and we had to do it separate because he uh, he had his anniversary, and so I hiked in. I like sent him my GPS coordinates. I'm like, all right, you know, we had already figured this out, like where camp would be, and so I hiked in. And it was just covered in snow, like a huge snowstorm. And I had, I had like spring boots on 
I did not have winter boots. Mm-hmm. And I'm like trudging through the snow in like these lightweight spring, you know, season boots. And um, I'm hiking and, and I had to cross a creek. And of course I fell in the creek. Mm-hmm. And and the, the boots are like waterproof, sort of. Um, but right, like when you're trudging through the snow forever and then you fall in a creek, things become less waterproof. <laughs> and so I get to camp, my my feet are cold, I get to camp and and the sun's starting to go down. And I was like, all right, my goal is get my tent set up, get my sleeping bag in there, eat something real quick, get into the tent and just go to sleep and then wake up in the morning. My buddy was probably going to get there probably around like midnight, like one in the morning. This was our first hunting season together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, so I'll, I'll save this comment now and then I'll, I'll Tarantino it. I, I said before we started recording, right? Like you don't know someone until you've taken a shit next to them. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and if you're, if you've never been backpacking or hunting with someone um, or like, like long treacherous hikes, like, right. Like that's where you get to meet the person that you're with. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we can be this like bubbly type person and like everything's hunky dory, but it's not until shit goes South when you actually meet the person. You can yeah, only hold yeah. your farts in for so long. Right? Yes. So true. <laughs> right. Like you really can. And so, so I'll say that to say this, right. So I, I got there, I get set up and, uh, and I get my sleeping bag and I have like a zero degree sleeping bag and a three season tent. Um, it's just in feet of snow and it is fucking bitter cold. It is so cold out. And I'm in my sleeping bag and I'm in my, I have like a pair of long johns and just like a, a, a long sleeve shirt and that's it. Right. Cause the point of being in, in the sleeping bag for those that don't know is right. Like you want to have as minimal stuff on as possible because you let your body heat do the work. Mm-hmm. Well, my body heat was not up for the task and like I am, I'm shivering. I'm in my sleeping bag, just shivering. And I'm like, all right, let me get out and put on another layer. And I and I eventually do this enough times that I am now wearing everything in my backpack. <laughs> I am in, I have, you know, hoodies. I have jackets on, jackets on. I have down jackets on, down pants in my down sleeping bag. And and I'm no longer shivering, but I am not not cold. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, like I should be able to get through the night in this. Right. I'm cold, but I, I won't die. And that's the main goal is don't die. Mm-hmm. And, and and sometimes that's a really good goal. Right. Um, so around, I think it was like midnight. I hear my buddy come crunching through the snow. And again, this is our first hunting season together. And, and I say this, right. And I go back to, right. Like you don't know someone. So you've, you've taken a shit next to them. Um, because had that been our second hunting season or had we known each other better, um, it wouldn't have been an option, right? Like it would have been Jeff, get your ass in my fucking tent and warm me up. Right. Like, <laughs> like I am freezing. Like you, it, like you need to get in here and create body heat with me. Mm-hmm. And because we didn't know each other right that well yet, it was like, he'll set, he set up his own tent. Like I suggested, I was like, Hey, you can just climb into my tent if you want. 
<laughs> right like it's like a it's like a hard suggestion but like of course again like we're we're both learning each other like we're we're you know on this journey of friendship together and uh and so like he sets up his tent so we're both in our two-man tents separate freezing he's in all of his clothes i'm in all of mine when really if we would have just gotten the same fucking tent life would have been so much better <laughs> um and and now i joke about it with him i say this all the time i was like if that were ever happened again, your ass is getting in my tent. Like <laughs> you rely, like you take any opportunity to get an ounce of warmth when you're in a, a situation like that. Mm-hmm. And so we woke up the next morning ready to hunt. And so recap, trudged through the snow for five miles, fell into a Creek, right? In spring boots, woke up, and my boots are icicles, mm-hmm. literal ice. Like there is a sheet of ice around my boot. My boot is frozen solid. It doesn't move nothing. And I had to put my foot in it. And it was the most miserable thing ever was having to put my foot in these boots. And I did it. And I put my foot in these icicles, these ice frozen boots and Got up and we hunted that day, trudging through the snow some more, looking for elk. Of course, we didn't find anything. But, you know, I say all of that to just say, like, you know, it's it's having those experiences. It's right, like being resilient. It's understanding, you know, like that fuck moment. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't want to put those boots on, mm-hmm. but I had to. And going forward, like, I didn't want to sleep in a tent by myself. And next time I won't. Right. But like, it's, it's, it's being in those moments with other people that creates the hardships that help, that helps you become more resilient and learn, oh, I need other people. Yeah. the vil- I like, mean, it's back to like, how much better is life with the village too? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, for sure. So I think if the story is over journal yeah. prompt maybe well i i do have i, I so i want to share one more thing okay because uh, i we talked about it before recording and um you know and it goes along the same lines of having people with you and just how close you get to people and so mm-hmm. on this last archery trip my buddy ganesh was with me and it just goes back to right the thought of consumption and and everything that we've talked about today um, you know, you have, you have weird conversations with, with your friends out there, you know, you're, you're farting, you're pooping, you're, you're right. You're doing all the things that, you know, bodily functions happen, like everything. It's just part of just being out there with your people. And, uh, and at one point on this trip, I asked my buddy Ganesh, I was like, what do, what's your dream? Like he's a, so he's a PhD. He's, he's literally, it's, it's funny. Um, I, I don't know, remember exactly what his degrees are in, but he literally has a degree in rocket science. And um, one of his degrees are in rocket science, but it's not. And when I, I like, I joke around, I call him a rocket scientist. Um, and then like, he told me what it was. And it's like so much more than rocket science. <laughs> like, it's not less than rocket science. It's like, I'm like, he's like, well, yeah, you know, rocket science is a part of it, but then there's all this other stuff too that goes with it. And then like he has a PhD in, in wind and wind energy and just a really right. Educated, smart, smart guy. And, uh, and I was just like, what's your dream? 
and uh, his dream, it really shocked me, but he said his dream was to be a rancher. And I was like, wow, that's, and like, we, we talked more about it and, you know, he has all these degrees and, and he's so smart and, and this doesn't make him any less of a person, right? but his dreams to be a rancher and in talking about why, you know, his, his why is all based on those things. It's based on the science. It's based on the things that he's done in life. And, and he knows the importance of ranching on the world and how ranching can impact global warming and how, or we don't call it global warming anymore. We call it climate change. Um, right. His, the, how becoming a rancher can make sustainable food sources for, for people, animal protein sources. And so it was just really cool to hear that perspective of, right. You think someone with like these degrees in like rocket science and, and PhDs and, and you think of like these big cities, these tech people and here he is just wanting to ranch. Yeah. But I, you know, it's the, it's the solution is in the simple things. Yeah. Right. And it's what we've been yep. disconnected from. And it's yep. like you say, just ranch it, you know, but it's every single human and whether, and if you're a vegetarian, then a farmer, we can replace rancher with farmer, but mm-hmm. something that it, it's the foundation of what every single human needs. Yep. So this simple thing is, has the most, can have the most complex and huge impact. Yep. And that's with every, I think that's why I'm in the work that I'm in Mm -hmm. is because I believe in a sustainable, our, our, the way that we'll move into a sustainable future is through the root and it's that those mindfulness components. Yep. Right. It's that mm-hmm. conscious being conscious in your yep. consumption. It's um, I don't need to be, you know, featured on, I don't know. I, I can't even think of a magazine, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I don't need to be like businesswoman of the year or this, that, and the other, or yeah, be acknowledged for actually someone recently was like, they were um, asked, asking about, we're sharing something about me and what I do. Right. Like mm-hmm. yoga therapists. And, and then they said, well, does, like, does she have a degree? And they're like, even know and I was like that's <laughs> the coolest thing talk to yeah. me 10 years ago and you'd be like of course I have a degree you know yes. like and yep. it's like but who cares if you have a degree it doesn't matter right. it doesn't matter it doesn't matter yeah what do you do with it that's what matters yep. absolutely what are you doing <laughs> how are you impacting the world how are you impacting the village yeah and that's and, change starts at the village. We yeah. try to do this top down, right? We try to do this from, we want to make laws and all these things to regulate from the top down, but real change is going to come from 
from the village, from the, from, mm-hmm. the, from the one person and then the village and local. And, and that's how you make change. Yep. And that's why like the importance of like voting, voting is always important mm-hmm. at, at all levels, but the real impact comes when you vote in your city level. Mm-hmm. Right. It's the, the, the people you're electing at the city level, the mayors, the treasurers, the right, the people that are making decisions for your for your village. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it's that's what's really important. Mm-hmm. Love it. Now journal prompt. It's now journal prompt. <laughs> so uh, gra- grab your journals. And uh, there, there was a lot we talked about um in this in this episode right so grab your journals and and maybe think about right if you're a long time listener think about like the breath that we offer on every episode sometimes it's at the beginning sometimes it's in the middle at the end right but we offer breath on every episode and think about that and maybe write about that and has that had an impact on you and your life maybe that's all you write about today um but maybe it's not. Maybe you start writing about um, your thoughts on like you've wanted to get into hunting or farming or right. And like farming is such like this grand word, this grand scale. Right? Maybe it's just, you know, buying a lettuce grow tower like three has and right. Like you're right. Like that's the beginning phases of farming. It's creating this sustainable food source for, for Brie, right. For vegetables, for her to be able to give to her village. Mm-hmm. Um, think about and and write really write about this. And we didn't talk too much about this, right? We but we did talk about conscious consumption, right? My goal in life is to p- give more to the village than than what I consume, and right, I I don't want to take more than I can provide. And ask yourself, like, are you taking more than you provide? You, right, like being part of the village is part of it is taking part of it is right. Like me taking knowledge from, from my buddy, Jeff, from, you know, Bree, from all these people. Right. And, but what am I giving back? And am I making my village better? Um, And just write about that and write about how you can be better at, you know, giving back to your village. And what, you know, what is it that you offer? Um, you know, Brie brought up the imposter syndrome. And list what you what you bring to the village. Mm-hmm. You are valuable to the village, right? And there's ebbs and flows. There's different seasons, right? You're going to take more than you give sometimes. You're going to give more than you take at other times. But just know, right, like what is it that you provide? And maybe you're, to Bree's point, right? maybe you're not a hunter, but you appreciate where the meat comes from uh, and you appreciate the hunter. But maybe you're the farmer or maybe you're the mother. And, and then also think about how your education and write about your education and how it's impacted how you treat other people. Mm-hmm. Right? We all deserve, we, we briefly mentioned it, right? Like, in the 2016 election, there was this this thought of middle America shouldn't be able to vote because they're uneducated. And it's everyone who deserves their their voice. Everyone has a right to their voice and their opinion because that's their truth. Mm-hmm. And 
we can't take that. We don't deserve to take that from anyone. It's not up to you to take. And if your edu- their education is different than yours, why is yours better? Yeah. Right. So like again, yep. those differences, right? Mm-hmm. And think about how they're helping you and how you're helping them, mm-hmm. because we're all valuable. We all provide this value, and it's just different. And we got to stop comparing ourselves in the sense of this, I'm better, this is better. Right. And especially based off who you vote for. Like, that's <laughs> crazy. Um, but yeah, anything to add to that? No, I think you nailed it. Cool. Well, uh, enjoy until the next time, yeah. everyone. Bria, it was a pleasure chatting with you as yeah. always. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And I think. Any new listeners, welcome. If you're starting mid, pot, mid, I don't know what you would even call it. We don't have seasons, so. Mid now. Mid now. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, episode, what is this? Episode 24? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we're, we're just yogis. We're in a timeless state, you know? That's it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Thanks for chatting and waking up and spending your morning with me. Sounds good. All right. Talk to you later. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. If you want to follow us and our adventures, you can find both of us on Instagram. I'm at Bree Allison. That's B-R-E-A-L-L-I-S-O-N. And I am at the life of Alan Titone, underscores between each word. To check out our offerings, yoga, one-on-one trainings, workshops, retreats, and a recorded library, you can find the info on our website, thehunterandthehippie.com. If you have questions for the podcast, about the podcast, feedback, suggestions, or just want to say hi, or find ways to work with us, our email is thehunterandthehippiepodcast at gmail.com. And don't worry, all of this will be in our show notes. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you weren't tuned out. (laughs) To the Hunter and the Hippie podcast.